Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all baseball wagering info. With up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns, you can get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS, all all the way through to the World Series. So head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to get in on the action. Just don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is B-L-E-A-V at Bet Online, where the game starts. War Eagle, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell. What's up, everyone? Glad you've joined us. Hope everyone's wounds have healed. From the last Auburn matchup, (laughs) Jason and I still shaking our heads about that one. So, you know, we're going to be brutally honest, as we always do. We'll give you a quick recap because, truthfully, there ain't too much to talk about with it. And then we'll preview this week's matchup with Ole Miss. Apologize for the late episode this week. It's probably Friday by the time this one comes out. Your girl just stepped off a plane. I've been in El Paso, Texas, covering some midweek football. So this was the best we could do. But we are here and uh, week eight. Crazy. I I mean, we're past the halfway point and the Tigers still have a lot to figure out. So welcome in, everyone. I welcome my co-host, Jay Cam, who is back from Baton Rouge. Uh, Game aside, Jay, how, how was your trip? Baton Rouge is always one of my favorites to go to. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, Taylor, welcome back. Welcome back uh, safely and soundly. Thank got you. a chance to watch your game last night, and it was a late one. Anytime that you're in that time yeah. zone, it's always those 12.45, 1 o'clock Eastern. And, yeah, uh, I I'm stayed a little up, tired. Yeah, I stayed up to watch you and Cole and uh, everything. So, Man. you know, our two, our two Auburn representatives. Uh, exactly. Baton Rouge was awesome. I had Chargrill oysters, which I will post on my Instagram tonight. Of course you will. Uh, they were so good. I probably ate more oysters in two days than I have in three years. <laughs> Just being honest. I mean, that's and, the place to do it. Oh, yeah. Know? And I can only eat on char grill. And Really? Uh, oh, yes. Like, I, 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 that's the only way I can eat them. And hmm, okay. then we went to this spot called Rufiana's. Uh, mm-hmm. should, everyone should know it's a famous Italian spot in Baton Rouge. And I must tell you, it was really, really good. And the bread pudding was Ooh. on point. Jay, it you're was speaking my point. language, dude. Yes, the bread pudding was on point. I was just like, I haven't had dessert in so long. I've been depriving myself. And really, I said that night, I was out eating with the radio sports team. And these guys can eat. They can put it down. I thought, <laughs> I, I like, man, like, y'all, man, like, I need to hide my plate. Like, y'all just putting it down. <laughs> so... And it was really good. They treated us really well. So I, I enjoyed it. So nice. Stuff. Good, good. Yeah. Baton Rouge is one of those places that you will leave uh, probably a little fluffier because of all the food that you ate. But you also will always have a good time. But unfortunately, the good times ended uh, pretty much the first drive for Auburn. It was an ugly game. Uh, there is just no way to sugarcoat this one. You know, Jay and I always try and find the positives, but truthfully there were very few positives in this game it was ugly from start to finish and 
it just, the thing with losses when you're in a, a period of transition and rebuild and all of that is, and you know, Hugh Freeze has made comments about the expectations of Auburn fans. And, and while I do think we have them, I think any SEC team is going to have them. And so while we definitely have those expectations that maybe are a little grandiose for year one, what you do want to see is progress in the very areas that were problematic that led you to change things in the first place. And you at least think there's going to be a little bit more progress. Even if it amounts in a loss, you can see the imprint of what they're trying to do. I'm not sure we have seen much of that. And if you want to point it to the roster and time and all of that, I understand. But when you were calling this game, when you were looking at this matchup with LSU, that truth be told is not the best defense in the SEC. Everything they've been doing has been on the backs of that offense, which is as good as advertised. I'm not taking anything away from them. But defensively, they're not what they typically are. And our offense looked more juvenile and amateur than a lot of teams I have seen thus far this season. What do you take away from a loss like that, just from a realistic perspective of, okay, it's week seven. This is no better looking than it was at A-Day. Huh. thing I take away from this is the lack of energy that was in our football team. We approached the field. Uh, you know, you got to come into a game like this. You know, it's already hard enough to win an LSU at nighttime. Mm -hmm. And you know, you got to be locked in. You know, you got to come out. You got to bring a lot of energy. You got to bring excitement. And I just felt like we didn't do that. Um, yeah. It was coming off a of bye week. So, you know, we've had time to prepare and we have time to, you know, to generate. Rest. And we knew what was coming. Like, we knew that their mm -hmm. offense could put up over 500 yards. You know, they've done it six times in a row, which has been a record. Uh, at LSU, they beat the 2019 with the Joe Burrow and that team that went on to the national championship. They just don't have that defense that those guys had. Right. Uh, but I felt like when we came in the game, you know, they go down, they score immediately. You know, the offense like, whoa, wow. You know, they, they come out just, you know, hitting you on all cylinders. And then once we got the ball offensively, the very first play, we get a penalty. You know, before we can even start the game, we get a penalty. on will start play. on the first snap. Yeah, we and we false start. I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, that's just a lack of focus, you know, yeah. at that situation. Like, you got to be locked in. And and then, you know, we go those three and outs and we kind of get a little something going. And like I said, we just couldn't get into a rhythm and get going. But LSU, you know, their defense, they changed some things. They went to a four down front. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got out at three down front. They went to a four down front. Their defensive bats played a lot better. And that's the one thing that we continue to struggle at, Taylor, is – winning on the outside we have not been able to win those one-on-one one-on-one matchups on the outside we was able to hit camden brown back-to-back -back rpo on some quick posts that that looked really good but we've got to find a way to if we're going to get get better passing the ball we got to be good versus press you know you got to be able yeah. to get off press and create separation then you know even with Peyton, like Peyton missed some guys when he was there it just seemed like it's just so off right now because even the receivers is open we're overthrowing them or we're underthrowing them you know or yeah getting sacked you know it's just it's a combination of a lot of things uh when it comes to the passing game and then you know robbie comes in and he kind of does a lot of things differently and puts a little bit more pressure on their defense and you know, he, he was able to hit a couple passes and they was able to, to run the RPO game and he get outside the pocket and you see two and three guys come up to him. 
and he's able to find Brandon Frazier, you know, behind those guys and able to get a touchdown in the red zone. So will they continue to run this two quarterback system? My 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 guess is probably yes, based off of Monday's press conference that Same. you know this is gonna continue. Um you know how that goes with the team i don't know you know i, I just feel like everybody just got to do their own job you know uh you can't get the word about oh, what the quarterbacks are doing because i saw too much on saturday that nobody should be worried about what the quarterbacks doing everybody should be worried about what they got to do and yeah and and they need to start trying to figure that out because the team that we saw against georgia looked total opposite when we were on the road against lsu you know so yep. it's kind of like Okay, where are we? Where are we at? Because we seemed like we was making progress and we was going in the right direction against Georgia, and then you go on the road and all of a sudden the energy is not there and the guys just don't feel like they they showed up, you know, yeah. and uh, and realized they was in a dog fight and 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 the wave was just coming and, and it just wouldn't settle and you know we didn't know how to answer that. We talked about it on the podcast last week. Are we that team in the Georgia game? Are we that team or are we that team in Jordan Hare? And we felt like we were going to see that a little bit more in Baton Rouge. And I think that showed it. This team very much feeds off the energy at Jordan Hare. They, they carry themselves with a lot more confidence. And so it seems like it's more about the confidence in the brand, the place, which is also great. And that's why Jordan Hare is one of the best atmospheres in college football. But you got to have confidence in your team and in yourself to travel in the SEC. Literally, the game I was covering last night, New Mexico State's quarterback. I was standing next to him on the sideline. He may be 5'8". Like, I'm not kidding. He may be 5'8". He is a little dude. You can't tell him anything. It's like he's 6'5". He was right. You watch the game. He is their version of Johnny Manziel. I mean, a much different version. But, like, the way he creates something out of nothing. He, he just... And it starts up here. I could tell it was a mentality and a an air about them. I don't see that in in this football team. Yeah, the thing is, first and foremost, before you do anything in life, you got to have a belief and 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 a faith that you can do something. You know, yeah. regardless of what's in front of you, regardless of what the circumstances may look like, and you know, you got to go out there and and, and feel like, hey, I, I'm where my feet is right now. You know, mm -hmm. like I can't worry about what's to come or what's behind me. I got to be where I am right now. And right now, this football team has to just understand like, hey, you know, we can't worry, especially if you're a senior. I can't worry about what you're going to look like three years from now, two years from now. Right. This is my last go around as a senior. You know, I want to make this season the most memorable as I can make it, you know, and, and try to encourage guys in the recruiting classes when they come on a visit to see like the CI energy. And be like, hey, man, I can't wait till you get here to see what y'all do in the next couple of years. You know, yeah. we're building this thing the right way. So the train starts now. You know, it, it doesn't start after this season. Like, this is a huge game for Auburn this weekend in a lot of ways. One, you know, we lost three in a row. And we, when we looked at the schedule, we said, okay, if we can win one of those three, that'd be good. But we can win two of them. That'd be great. If you win three, that's just amazing. So we knew that it would be a tough gauntlet, you know, in those three, in those three game stretches. But we almost could have won two of them. You know, if you just think about the A&M game, it's six to three after all the things that went wrong in the first half. We had yeah. every opportunity to be ahead of that game at halftime. And then the Georgia game. We played an exceptional game, and we had a few things that we, we missed on the fourth and one, and you know, and, and some things right there. Brock Bowers got loose in the fourth quarter, so that was yeah. really close. But the LSU game was just not close at all from start to finish, and that was the concern because you had two weeks to prepare. Like Coach Freeze said, 
hey, I have to put that on me as a coach to get my guys ready to play and go out there and play with energy and play with excitement and, and fly around and, and, and make plays. And, and when you put that helmet on, know what you're representing. You know, like right. he, he owned it. You know, he said this week, he said, hey, that that's on me. You know, the everything, because I know it could be frustrating because, yes, you want to do certain things that you're used to doing offensively and you feel like you may not have this person at this position or that person at that position and they become frustrating. Trust me, I know the game. It can be frustrating. But at the end of the yeah. day, you have to make sure that you're guarding your energy so that your team see that same energy. And then they be like, you know what? Who cares if we don't have everything we need right now? Right now, we understand we're building something. But last time I checked, you can't you, your effort and your heart is something that you go out there and that's something someone can't take from you. 100%. Because I also think a sign of good coaching, especially early in the in the tenure, in the, you know, contract or whatever, good coaching makes best use of the hand that you're dealt. You're not going to have everything established the way you want it right out the jump. And, and it's about kind of utilizing what you do have while starting to lay the foundation of what's to come. And, and I don't know that we've married those two very well. I mean, if you look at the first two drives for both teams in that game, LSU's first two drives, 141 yards and 10 points. Our first two drives, negative eight yards and we punted twice. Jeez. Like night and day in terms of offensive efficiency to start a game that is an exciting environment. And Hugh Freeze did mention 11 of the 22 starters at LSU had never started an SEC game prior to this season. So like, these are guys that are still getting their legs under them. They're learning with each experience that they're out there. I get all of that. I, and I, I know a lot of fans hate this and I'll probably get attacked for it. I'm not as bothered by the fact that it was an L. I think everyone could tell on our episode last week, I thought we were going to lose. It's the way in which we're losing. And that's been the narrative at Auburn for the past few seasons. The way we're losing these ball games is not indicative of the kind of program that people like yourself and Lack and all the greats before y'all have been laying the foundation for for years. Like you were saying, there are certain ways that you lose. I where you say, man, kids fought hard, played their butts off. But like the Georgia game. You say kids played hard, they fought their butts off. Just unfortunate they came up short. I wish they could have won that one. But you was excited about what you saw. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, well, you see the LSU game, from the start of it, you didn't see no excitement. It was nothing that you could grab onto and just say, oh, oh, man, we in this one. We in this one's going to be a dog fight. You know, we got a chance. Like, you never could say that because no. we didn't do anything to slow them down. We couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. You know, our defensive bats, you know, they lost a lot of battles. And it was those one-on-one -on -one where we blitz and you don't get home. Now you got to chase a guy around for three, four seconds. And it's hard when you face those LSU receivers that they got, you know. Right. Neighbors and Thomas, those guys are beasts. And, uh, like, you know, they're in and out of cuts is is, is second to none. And Jaden Daniels, the way that he operates the offense, you know, he yes. operates like a veteran quarterback. And yes. he sits back there and he he knows the blitz that's coming. So he'll look off his defensive backs and he's able to hit that backside DB on a dig route because everybody's playing man and flowing one way. You may have one linebacker in the middle that's there for him. So you're trying to work him away from the guy that you're trying to throw the ball to and get out of the lane. He's very good at that. And I just feel like he's there now four years in college, two years at Arizona, Arizona State, now two years there. I'm just wondering, like, with Thorne, 
he's supposed to be a veteran guy. This is supposed to be like his fourth year. And I don't know if it's just he's still uncomfortable with the offense or he's just not on the same page with the receivers because there are some times he'll throw the ball a little accurate, but then there's times when the guys are open. Those are the ones that concern me, and we just straight miss them. You know, yep. I was just like, that's a confidence thing there. You know, so hopefully whatever happens this week, like we said, Ole Miss is at home. We need a relevant win versus a good opponent. This is a really, really good opponent, and it's not going to get easier because the offense we face this week is second to LSU in the SEC. You know, so I mean, they walked so, away with the win against yeah, LSU. So they, so. Put up, yeah, they put up numbers and and everything. So we've got to be able this week to utilize our crowd. Our crowd is going to be very impactful for this game to make it as loud as possible for their offense. But defensively, though, we got to find a way to create pressure and we got to do it with some blitzes or something to create pressure because we can't allow, you know, their receivers to run away. You know, same way the LSU receivers ran away last week because they got they got some dues as well. And uh, and for us offensively, in order to control the game at LSU, we had to do what? Run the ball. We couldn't run the ball. They was doing really good at stopping our run. So then what happens is what we've been hurt by is our passing game. So when you don't have a passing game, you pretty much can call it a day because they don't have to risk it until you show them that you can really run the ball. So LSU, for example, four man box. Sometimes they would bring, you know, they would bring uh number four, I'm trying to remember his name, off the edge every now and then. And he would get in there and get a sack or get a tackle for a loss at the running back position. But the most part, the biggest, I mean Perkins, that's his name. The biggest thing though about about LSU is they never had to bring a whole lot of different things because we couldn't even run the ball well because why? We couldn't get first downs because when you're third and five or third and six, you got to be able to pass the ball efficiently, and that's where we're hurting at. We can't pass the ball efficiently, at and we all. can't do the me to you. <laughs> so that's what's really shocking. And I know as a coach that can be disturbing, you know, but we got to try to find a way to, to you know – I don't know. It's a couple things that's but in what, my head, but yeah. You know. What do you do at this point? It is week eight, Jason. Like this yeah. is uh, you're playing for bowl eligibility at this point. That's just the sad reality of it. And that is even not guaranteed at this point. So when you're looking at this specifically offensively, like what is the answer? Because I think early in season, you're looking at it going, they need time. They need reps. They need experience. You're at week eight. I mean, like, you don't have many more chances at this. So if you're hoping to, uh, you know, end the season strong and get a few good wins, what does that mean? What changes? Well, one thing I think they want to do is go tempo, you know, but okay. they scared to go tempo because you got guys like Jason Jones, Marcus Harris, you know, your defensive line is, is we got guys out yes. guys hurt for the year. So you don't want those guys playing 90 snaps, you know, right. against a team like LSU and Ole Miss and, in Georgia, if you go tempo and you can't pick up first downs. Now, if you can go exactly. tempo and pick up first downs, then it helps because now your defense is getting rest and you're putting a lot of pressure on their defense. But if you go three and out, three and out, now you hurt the strength of our team right now, which is our defense, because defense. you don't get those guys time to catch their breath and they're right back out there before they know it. So, you know, I guess we got to find somewhere in the middle. And I know a lot of people want to ask the question, you know, how come Robbie? I mean, how come Robbie's not getting more playing time? <laughs> you know, that's not my question. <laughs> my question is do we deviate from two quarterbacks? Is the rotating, have we seen enough to say 
this is not doing what we wanted it to do. Neither of them are in a rhythm. Even if it fails, we got to give one of them an entire shot. Yeah, that, that, I, that's my thing. You know, at this point in time, do you give Robbie an entire game? You know, do you see what he can do physically, how he can affect the game? And then how far has he come along and passed it? Give him 16, 20 passes in the game. You know, see if he's come along in the passing game and, uh, and everything. So, you know, because – I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't see these guys on a day-to-day basis. So I guess True. the coaches feel like, hey, Thorne does this a lot better. Robbie does this a lot better. Maybe he's getting us into certain plays. You know, maybe this guy doesn't have a better understanding of this. That's my only way I think that they're playing two guys because at this point, you know, you would probably think we would deviate away from that a little bit and see about, hey, you know, let's see about giving a guy a game. But – you know, that's why they get paid the big bucks. You're right. It's You're right. And I, I think it's an important perspective for fans to remember as well that we see a small sample size of these guys. These coaches are literally around them all the time, and they know the ins and outs of managing the offense, the playbook, the film room, like all of those things that we are not privy to. So I get that. I, and I'm not saying it should be Robbie over Peyton. Heck, I've been asking for Holden. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not saying which one. I'm just I'm at the point where by week eight, and it's not just, oh, we're coming up short in these games. It is we are a team that has no offense. Like that is that's insane. When you look at our numbers, it's insane to look at the breakdown of us offensively and continue to go with the same system. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So if this two quarterback system and swapping them in and out has led us to be the worst offense in the entire conference, maybe it's time to give any of them a full shot because you will, you know, as well as anybody, how much that rhythm and that not looking over your shoulder, am I coming out? Am I coming out? Maybe it would help one of them. And if not, the other system ain't working either. So at least we know. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely would help the rhythm though. Like if a guy knows yeah. like, Hey, how many plays I'm going in and you know, even if they do do the alternate thing, for example, if you just tell a guy, Hey, you got this series all the way down the field. It doesn't matter the situation. No matter it doesn't happens. matter what. You got it all the way down the field. That way, in a quarterback's mind, he's thinking like, okay, if it's third and one, I don't have to look to the sideline and see if I got to run out real quick because I'm getting another right. guy's coming in. I know I'm in the game. So I can lock in completely knowing that I'm, I'm not going to be substituted. Yeah. The other option is, hey, we're going to give you the whole first half, see how you do. If you don't perform in the first half, then we'll give the other guy the, the whole entire second half. Yeah. That way you get more volume of what you're looking at, you know, and, and everything. Because you want to see would that help? Would that get into a rhythm? Would that show? Would the offense connect with that? Um, you know, I, I really understand, you know, how people want to see a little bit more of Robbie because he does present problems to defenses. Like he yeah. can run. He's fast. The RPO game, they can't just flow as fast because they know, like, if you overflow two, three steps, he can beat you. You know, right. he can get by you in a quick in a hurry and and everything. And I think a lot of folks with the thorn situation is people have kind of lost confidence because it's not much to hang on to a volume wise we've seen in big games. Right. You know, and I think the coaches are saying like, hey, we brought this kid in here as a transfer guy. 
we got to give him an opportunity to benefit of the doubt because he wasn't here with us in the spring. He wasn't here most of the summer. We hoping that it just clicks at some point for him that this is the game it clicks. So you keep hanging on to that as a coach saying, this is the game right here. It's going to click. Yeah. You know, this is the game. It's going to all click in and get going. Like I think they feel a part of, we got through the gauntlet, which was that three game stretch we knew about. I think they feel like going to the old Miss game, maybe this is a game that it just starts clicking. And if not, I think you probably will see some adjustments. I, I, I really do. I think, I think if things don't start showing good up in the first quarter on Saturday, I think you probably will see some adjustments the rest of that game. I mean, I think you're going to have to at this point because of uh, just the expectation of uh, you can't let the season completely fall apart at the seams, which you, after a three-game three, three game stretch like that, falling to all of those not having an SEC win at this point, it would be very easy for the wheels to fall off. And that hurts more than just this season. That starts to have an implication on recruiting, and we don't want to see that start happening because if it can't happen this season, you at least want to have done enough that you set yourself up well for what's to come, and you don't want to see ripple effects of negativity start going into our next class. So uh, if if it doesn't start turning around quickly, I agree with you. I think changes will have to be made because – you at least want to salvage whatever you can of the rest of this season. Uh, as far as Ole Miss goes, like you said, they they certainly went toe-to-toe with LSU, eventually getting the win. And there was some you know crazy stuff that happened in that game that ultimately led to their win. It wasn't like they were necessarily the better team, but they made it happen. But they went toe-to-toe with an offense that gave us – I mean, they ate us for breakfast. So it is definitely an effective offense led by Jackson Dart. I mean, Jaden Daniels is getting a lot of praise, and rightfully so. Jackson Dart has been putting together an incredible season. He's already over 1,600 passing yards, 12 touchdowns to two interceptions. He's got a 64% completion percentage, and he adds on 300 rushing yards as well. This is a very effective athlete. He's kind of got that mentality like we were talking about at the beginning. Super confident kid. He's got some moxie to him. Lane Kiffin just tends to find guys like that, I guess. But uh, this is a very effective offense. Running back Quinshawn Judkins hasn't really been at full go this season. He has not put up the numbers that you expect, but he ran all over us in this matchup last year. So definitely a one that you have to keep out for. Uh, their defense is is about middle of the pack in the SEC. It's it's definitely not the toughest that we will face, but they've been effective when they need to. Um, but I think more than anything, it's about us establishing more. Well, I mean, like way more on both sides. Both quarterbacks against LSU combined for 154 passing yards. So I do just want to say we did finally get over that 100-yard passing mark. So we'll, we'll take that for what it's worth. Uh, but as far as this one goes, Jay, obviously the – the confidence aspect, the energy aspect, uh, finding some offensive stability. But what else do you want to see? Who do you want to to kind of have that breakout game if if you had to pick somebody? Because this one also has a lot of off-the-field stuff associated with it, as they all yeah. do. Hugh Freeze going against his former <laughs> team, a coach that was also kind of flirting with the Auburn job a little bit in Lane Kiffin. So there's elements to this one, as there are in all SEC matchups. But 
What do you have to see in this one? We're still without Damari Alston, Austin Keys. There is the potential for Keontae Scott to return, which would be fantastic. Reports say he has participated in practice this week. Hugh Freeze has not given the official word on his availability, but if we get him back, that would be fantastic against Jackson Dart and this Ole Miss offense. Uh, but beyond that, just kind of give me your scouting report, what you need to see and who you need to see it from. Yeah, just looking at this report, uh, like I said, Auburn defense is giving up 39% on third downs. That's still good. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of that that went up this past week because of LSU completed a lot of those. Um, Auburn <laughs> offense, you know, Auburn offense is only 33%, you know, so. Wow. Yeah, so we're not standing That's on the, the field. That's the story of the season. That's the story of the season. Our third <laughs> down conversion percentage right now is 33%. And on fourth downs, we're five for 12. So third and fourth down has been our Achilles heels on offense uh, this year. And defensively, you know, they've only given up four out of 10 on fourth down. And the reason I bring up fourth down, because we're playing against a coach that likes to go for it on fourth down any and everywhere on All the, the time. Field. So <laughs> you have to be alert from a substitution standpoint to not get too excited after third down and start running towards the sideline because he yeah. will line up quick and go for it on fourth and on fourth down. We got to be better on those two downs, third and fourth down this weekend. Red zone for us, we got to do better. But I will say this, though. If I'm Marcus Harris, I need one of those Georgia games from him this week. Yeah. Because you know, he's he's stout, he's quick. I need one of those Georgia games. Elijah McAllister, okay. you know, I just need a pass rush up front. You know, uh, even if you can't get home, this is the type of game that you jump up. You know, you knock yeah. some balls down because they like to throw those intermediate – passing game slants and in breaking routes uh Kedra yeah. Falk is a is a young freshman first start last week against LSU learned a lot you know this is to be a, his second time you always learn your most from your first start your second start so True. I think uh this would be an opportunity for him to to see to see something to, to make another step Nehemiah Pritchett is a guy that I'm waiting to to just kind of get going you we know, haven't he, said enough about him yeah I agree. he missed, he missed the first three games of the season uh, out with a bad mm -hmm. ankle injury. So, you know, now that he's going into what this would be, you know, week four third. for him, I think, third or fourth week because he started in the uh, the fourth game. Yeah. So, you know, this would be an opportunity for him now that he's going against the LSU receiving core last week that was really good. We need him this week against this 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 offense that Ole Miss has. Jalen yeah. Simpson continues to find the football. You know, it's got what the team to force another interception last week. I, I guess Eugene Asante, we expect them to be all over the field. Yeah. But I, I guess outside of DJ James and Nehemiah, my biggest two guys that we need this week is Zion Puckett and Donovan Kaufman. Okay. I hope Keontae Scott can go. But just Me in too. case Keontae Scott can't go, Kaufman has got to be a force in the game on blitzes, getting to the quarterback, and then, you know, and Zion Puckett coming up being able to hit, you know, they're, they're running back, you know, which we talked about earlier, Jenkins, uh, you know, Jenkins is a guy that can, like I said, he had over 2000 yards last year offensively. Yeah. And uh, this year he has not been the same, but you never know what game he's going to get off. So we need those guys. The offensively Taylor, we know we can run the ball. Let's get the ball to Fairweather some more. Let's get the ball to these tight ends. You know, How about Brandon Frazier? Right. If it's hard to what get the ball, yeah, what a game. If it's hard to get the ball to the outside guys, utilize these giants over the tight ends that we got. Agree. Utilize them over the middle of the field. Utilize them in that offense. You know, 
they create matchups because we have big, big tight ends. So yeah. I expect us this week to utilize more of those guys and uh, come out and play with some fire and some excitement and some energy from time yeah. the game start. Bring it. Like, bring the noise. You know, like, you have an opportunity right now. Literally, look at the rest of our schedule. All our tough games are at home. So yeah. you go to Arkansas and you go to Vanderbilt. Everybody else you have coming to Jordan Hare. You have an opportunity here to have Who's, an eight. SEC-wise, it'll be Mississippi State and Alabama. Those are our next two. Yes, we got Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and then you got, uh, Al- you got New Mexico State at- and Alabama coming home, coming here. Okay, yeah. And so And then at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, you should definitely beat Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas. Ole Miss and Alabama, you win mm-hmm. either of those and certainly both. The narrative changes a lot. Yeah, and you're in Jordan Hare in those games, so you have that. For and, you. Yeah. yeah, you got that going for you. So that's why I say like everything is not lost. Yeah, I, I know we start off three and zero, we lost three games to three tough opponents, but everything is not lost. If you sure. reset your mindset and you come out this week and you beat a good old Miss team, and then you get confidence and you just start winning a couple in a row. Like you can look up at the end of the year and see a lot of progress that was made and you learn a lot from those last three weeks that we just went through. And yeah. you can get and you can go into the offseason feeling great with a really good bowl game. Right. Yeah. That that would be imperative as well, especially for that recruiting piece, like I talked about. Let me ask you this. Uh, far too early, I realize that because we have yet to see Alabama LSU. But now that we have seen both Georgia and LSU. And we're all familiar enough with Alabama and what they have going. Do you anticipate the SEC champion being an East or a West team? AKA, do you see Georgia winning the SEC? Yeah, I I still do. I I do. You know, until like Jaden Daniels, I like to see Jaden Daniels go up against that, that defense, uh, I think LSU would on a turf field. Oh my goodness. Like against that defense, I think it would be hard for Georgia to stop them. The yeah. problem is they can play ball control better than us right now because mm. you got a Brock Bowers that will he'll be back by that time. He'll be back. You know, so you got a Brock Bowers. You can run the football. You can play that intermediate control game. So they can kind of keep LSU on the sidelines. So that would be a fun game to watch. Bama. It's going to come down to Auburn and Bama at the end of the year for Bama to get into the SEC championship or not. So they would come. When to is Harris. Alabama LSU? Uh, I think after this week. I think LSU plays Army, then it's a bye week, and then I think they play each other. Yeah, I think, that one's usually in November. Because yeah. if LSU wins that one, mm-hmm. then they both have two losses, but LSU has the tiebreaker. But if we beat Bama. All right. We can send in all their dreams. LSU. <laughs> we can end all their dreams. <laughs> so, right. So that's how that's how this thing goes, man. Like it's crazy. Like Bama plays Tennessee this week. It's going to be a great matchup. Uh, great that matchup. Is a good matchup. You know, it's going to be a fun game. Um, like I said, Bama wins though. So you taking Bama in that game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you only because Tennessee have not traveled well away from Knoxville this year. And after um, last year, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a great atmosphere. I, I like Auburn. I like Auburn in this game. I, I okay, know, I, I really do. I think a lot is to be said about a team that coming off a of bye week, 
and you don't you don't go and play the games you feel like you should have played. Mm-hmm. But something on the inside of you should just not feel right about that performance. Right. And then you get a chance to come back. How many times, Taylor, do you get a chance? You work for ESPN. How many times do you get a chance to have back-to-back night ESPN games as the prime game? Very rarely. That does not happen often. Especially when you're not doing great. You know what I mean? Like, you get a chance at redemption on a big stage, and not a a lot of teams in your position get that chance. Right. So the fact that we showed up the way we showed up last week, and that wasn't what – that wasn't what Auburn is about. You get a chance to come home the next week and play another six o'clock game against a very good opponent to rewrite all your wrongs from the week before. That's very true. That's what I'd be hanging my head on. Yeah. That, that Auburn team you saw last week was not Auburn. Yeah. And I would come out there this week and I would show people who Auburn is and what the what we're going to look like moving forward. So you have an opportunity to rewrite it. Very true. Very true. Okay. You, you've got me fired up, Jay. You you tend to do that. I'm not going to lie. Another great weekend of some SEC matchups. So make sure you keep it locked. And we'll be back next week to recap all of the action and preview another home SEC matchup against Mississippi State. So make sure you join us and subscribe. If you haven't already, you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. You can also find us on Believe's YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there as well. Leave us a comment, review, whatevs. Uh, share it with your friends. Follow us on social. I think that's everything. Enjoy the game, everybody. For Jason Campbell, I am Taylor Davis, War Eagle. War Eagle, everybody. Bring the noise. Woo! (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.